What's up guys, it's Hard Rock Nick, one of the richest men in the world, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, the show you're too scared to tell your girlfriend that you watch. Quit your crying, put on your big boy panties, and let's get this show on the road. P.S. Beavis is my baby daddy. Hard Rock Nick the fuck out. What's happening, guys? Austin here with FTM Alerts, and welcome to Phantom Unchained, episode number 31. With Ooh. me, as always, Double Sharp, $24, Crypto Clay. Beavis will be here in a minute. Uh, he said he was on the toilet, which means he's probably like <laughs> figuring out some badass ideas for Reliquary, uh, because that's where he does all of his best thinking. What's up, gentlemen? How's everyone doing? Good. I'm doing great, man. I don't... I don't believe you, Double Sharp. I don't believe you. There was no emphasis behind that. 24, I've been man. I've since 4 a.m. Uh, I know you have, dude. You're always awake at those weird times, and I don't assume you're going to be awake. This 24, was... we got to talk about that do-rag for a second, bro. You are just on one. Does your necklace say pump or puma? Oh, no, that's the shirt puma, but it oh, oh, okay. Like all right. I thought it was like hanging off of your chain. I thought you had a pump necklace. Which I was going to be all right with. That was going to be cool as shit. All right. So, Beavis, it's all right if Beavis misses the first topic because it's not really his jam. Let's get the fuck into it. Uh, so, market thoughts. What do the candles say? Candles say, I need an application to McDonald's, dude. That's what the candles say. I don't know. Before before it gets over, I'll pass it to you guys first, and then I'll, I'll chime in. I told in you, man. I wasn't on. too sure last week. I think we had a conversation. I was like, hey, guys. I like what I'm seeing, but, you know, we've had, like, so many green dailies in a row. You had to expect something, some sort of, you know, short killer, <clears throat> long killer. You know what I mean? So it does suck. Um, there's been a lot of crypto regulation sort of talk. We'll talk about that later. Um, I know that the SEC is kind of partnering with other regulators to kind of tackle cryptocurrency. I know Yellen spoke this morning. Um, so there's there's some stuff on that side. Um, but. All in all, uh, 
kind of not the best looking time to, I, I guess to, to the markets just don't look good. But if you're trying to buy in some tokens for cheap, it's definitely a great time to pick up some cheapies. Crypto Clay, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I think on the flip side, right? If you uh, if you have some stables, then you know, great great instances all over the place, right? Like, if you've got conviction projects and you've got some some uh, fresh powder, then this is the time. But so I went I went and looked at like one of my favorite charts on TradingView. And look, I'm not a, like a I don't do great TA, but I do like to follow people who do great TA. Uh, and and so I kind of went backwards and looked at you know what is this most similar to in terms of timeframes where we were as of, you know, when we last talked to today. Um, and the R, the ROI, the RSI, excuse me, hadn't been that overbought since uh, November 9th, at least. Oversold. Daily. Oversold. Or oversold, excuse me. Uh, and so that is, you know, that like to, to me, like if we were to actually pay attention to that, we probably could have determined that this was going to, you know, this type of pullback was going to happen. It just was inevitable and probably healthy. Right. Yeah. Um, and then for the, the 50, 100 and 200 uh, SMA, I would say that, they look the most similar to August nineteenth of twenty twenty one, and what happened you know after August nineteenth, we saw you know, an all time high for Bitcoin. So, I think that the indicators are there, and, and again, like I'm not some <clears throat> professional, but I'm smart enough to follow other people that are, and uh, and I you know I think that we're still in a good spot. It's just you know these kind of pullbacks happen. So, and I will say one thing I've been impressed with is uh, I've been looking into more and reading more about growth DeFi, and I've been really impressed with their token strength through this pullback. Um, and so I'm excited to see where they go. It's just kind of an anecdotal point, but um, interested to see where they go and uh, have been impressed with how they've held up through this uh, this retrace. How much did they pay you? Tell me right now how much they paid you to say that. Shit. Never, never <laughs> spoken to them in my life. <laughs> uh, I get what man. you're saying though. Like some hot commodities are like are staying stable because people were looking for those entries, right? And now I don't know. They're kind of in a good value position. I'm going to, all right, so I'm going to kind of take uh, a middle of the road there approach. So um, maybe, maybe it's different. All right. So there's a, a lot of you guys probably follow a guy named Credible Crypto on uh, Twitter. He's been around forever. And he was pointing out some massive uh, whale bids. I retweeted it the other day. Between 44 to 40K, somewhere in the range that we're currently in. And uh, I actually believe the market has turned bullish. I don't think we are turning back bearish in any way, shape, or form. Uh, the monthly... The monthly stochastic RSI did cross, uh, and again, we're like you had pointed out, Clay. We're at our most oversold level since back in I think it was uh, 2019. It's been a long, long time. So I think we are. Uh, I, I actually think we've already hit the bottom. I think we hit the bottom back in early March, and I think the market is uh, digesting the information. And I think we're about to see within probably the next 30 to 60 days. Bookmark this. Tell me I'm wrong if if I end up being wrong. Uh, but within the next 30 to 60 days, we're back on our way to all-time high, uh, and everyone is smoking the crypto crack pipe once again. So that's that's just my personal opinion. I think we're we're being manipulated into some big ass whale bids, and the reason that I think this is relevant is because these uh, the same guy who posted these who has have has yeah these massive bids between 40 to 44k is the same guy that set our bottom down between 30 to 38k uh and so i think we're we're that's the direction we're going that's just my personal opinion uh for what it's worth if i'm wrong tell me i'm wrong bring it back but it doesn't really matter to me because i'm here forever uh i'm never going anywhere i don't think they would ever let me leave so i have much 
a much more long-term uh, time frame than what the charts are talking about right now. And I want to move on just a little bit. Unless you go ahead, Clay. Go ahead. What kind of entry opportunity is this? I drove 41 miles to get a replacement ledger so I could get back into the market because I left mine in Los Angeles. There we go. Can we talk about what else you had to do to restore that ledger that I was ragging on you for? (laughs) Can we just tell him? He called his girlfriend and he goes, hey, babe, read me off these seed words. And I went, dude, you better not piss her off. Holy shit. Nick Draken, yeah, bids can be pulled, but they've already started to get filled uh, in big ways. So they are legitimate bids. All right, let's go. Let's move on. So I want to talk about Bitcoin 2022 for a second because it has a uh, a really nasty history of rugging the market. Uh, a lot of people think <laughs> these these conferences are like super duper bullish and and honestly, they're not. Like I think anyone that's been around for a while, correct me if I'm wrong, guys, but you guys know that like uh, the fundamental news that gets dropped at these conferences is never actually anything that moves markets unless it moves them down. Like that's yeah. all I've ever seen from these. Because the, the conferences are planned like just based on when they are going to be and like when the venue is available and all that stuff. And then people try and like figure out news to announce, which is why it's always disappointing because it's always le- like people think that I think people assume there's like some holdout for the conference to announce that like, you know, whatever the thing is. And it's usually just that like the conference is going to happen. And so people have like whatever news is around that time to announce, but it's all, it's like people expect it to be something, you know, to the moon and and it's like to orbit. And then they're just like, Oh, it didn't go all the way to the moon. (laughs) Yeah. If you have a short term time frame, like I know a lot of people are like super, ADD and impatient in the crypto world, you know, it's probably a tough thing. But if you go back and you look at old charts, um, you know, it's pretty much always been a dump. But that doesn't really matter because if you zoom out, we're always we, we're just in a long, long term bull market. That's that's pretty much what it is. I do want to say that I just I just watched uh, Michael Saylor. You guys probably know who he is, uh, MicroStrategy and Kathy Wood from ARK Invest. And she made a very very strong comment beavis good morning good morning a very very strong uh case for a million dollar bitcoin in 2030 and i was interested by some of the comments when i posted that because people are going like yeah if you say so but honestly like a fifty thousand dollar bitcoin five years ago is yeah if you say so i mean people didn't even believe that was going to be the case so like i don't see a million dollar bitcoin in 2030 as being that outlandish at all uh, I see that as being entirely possible. Beavis, what are you wearing? Does that say oath? Oh, what? my God. That's bad. Shut your face, dude. Oh, Actually, hey, it's hey, reversed hey. on camera. It looks like it says H-T-A-O uh, here. <laughs> and that's a, a snake giving itself fellatio, apparently. What is that <laughs> on the back? It's <laughs> how the O's made. It's a snake. It's the logo, dog. Bro, it's so good. So I ha- Beavis, now that you're here, I gotta. So I had somebody on uh, Twitter beg, beg, beg for some reliquary information, and I'm like, I said, like, dude, I'll ask Beavis because I want to know too. But he's not, he's not really like loose-lipped when it comes to what's going on with the uh, the BMs, man. Speaking of BMs, uh, Bite Masons, can you can you All tell right. us what's what's going on with uh, with reliquary? 
Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, right now we're looking at, like, if you go to oath.claims um, and look at kind of the emission schedule uh, for the next few months from the LGE, uh, we're kind of like timing a release uh, that will kind of pick up where the LGE left off. Um, so exactly when that'll be, uh, you know, we're kind of being strategic with it. It'll kind of depend on market conditions and stuff. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, it's like the only reason to release it would be uh, when we want to start emitting tokens. So there's not really a point in releasing it beforehand. Um, and now that the LGE has happened, we can make way more intelligent decisions about that. So, um, yeah, I mean, you know, we're taking our time on the front end. Uh, when it comes out, I think everybody will understand why we're taking our time. Um, but, uh, yeah, we're just like, we keep iterating and getting more audits. We just scheduled another audit for later this month. Um, probably the best one yet. Uh, we, the audits we've gotten so far, we weren't like super duper impressed with either. Um, so, uh, we hunted down like, um, a really cool up and coming firm with like really talented security engineers on it, uh, to, to help us out. Um, just because like, you know, we were kind of auditing it in tandem with the previous, uh, audit firms and we were finding a lot more. Um, so it's like, bro, we need someone that's actually like better than us um so yeah that too so uh, a few different reasons but um yeah <clears throat> okay i love it dude so you didn't like tell us anything about reliquary though like you you've shared some information <laughs> but you did not give us anything dude <laughs> no i mean i've i feel like i've uh you're like a politician man we i, I feel that. like i've talked about uh reliquary a lot by now it's uh I mean, really, I, I'll say, like, uh, the front end is cool enough that it'll probably count as, like, GameFi to a certain extent. Ooh. Maybe that's, like, uh, the piece of alpha I'll drop. Um, I I am, like, really tight-lipped. Like, we try to – we don't want people trading, like, all this alpha that we leak all the time. And we're a big team, so we need to stay pretty tight with uh, what we kind of – released to the public um, just so that nobody has like a crazy advantage uh, at the market. But um, yeah, we're, uh, you know, we're, we're just being strategic with it. We've like, RelQuery is one of like 10 projects. Uh, well, to, like 10, if you count like the small ones, but um, yeah, we've got a lot of stuff going on. So it's just like another piece of software that we have that we can, you know, release. Um, so, Can you clarify yeah. one thing for me, Justin? I'm pretty sure this this is the case. I was telling Clay this last night. My apologies if this was wrong, Clay. But like the Oath token is like the central hub of everything Byte Masons does, right? So like whatever you guys release, Oath is involved somehow. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like, uh, you know, uh, either it, it is involved right away or it will eventually be involved. It's just like... Um, you know, we Oath exists so we don't have to mint a bunch of shit coins for all the work we're doing. Um, and, uh, you know, kind of going back to value capture and how, you know, stuff is made. Right now, we're worrying about growing and, like, being kind of, uh, you know, too big to fail to a certain extent. And, you know, creating a lot of revenue streams. And then... Um, 
later, you know, down the line, once we're really big, we can start thinking about, okay, you know, we've had maybe market cap growth. We're really big at this point. Um, you know, there's a lot more information legally uh, about what we're allowed to be doing. Then we can start, you know, really going hard on, on, you know, value capture or buybacks, things like that. But, um, yeah, we, we just need to, uh, we're just being really cautious and, you know, we've, we're in this for a number of years, so there's no reason to, uh, rush into anything really like, um, we just are going to focus on having product market fit and, uh, you know, ensuring that when we come to market, we come prepared, you know, <laughs> if that makes sense. I'll buy all of your oath right now for $10 and then fuck off. I'm sorry. Sure I'm, just, I'm, I'm quoting Andre. I, I gotta, I gotta move on. There's so many times I want to put that on Twitter and I just know people are going to scream at me because they're not going to get the reference. So I'll just like say it on Unchained, whatever. All right, let's move on. Are the curve wars over? The rise of the four pools. So so somebody clue me in. I know Doquan's involved here somehow. He's involved everywhere. What's going on with the four pool? Yeah, you want me to take that? So yeah, meh, meh, meh. Whoever sure. wants, yeah, you hit it, hit it, Clay. <laughs> so hit yeah, hard, I, mean, I think like you know, people that are familiar with the, the stablecoin ecosystem, uh, the tri pool from curve, die USDC, USDT, predominant, you know, sort of the dominant pool and, and garners a lot of the, the votes in terms of uh, curves vote and gauge weighting, right? So uh, along comes Doquan and with the tweet of like the death of die, don't know fully what that's about, but, you know, obviously he's pretty motivated to try to kill the stable itself. Uh, obviously probably UST motivated, right? Um, and so what has sort of like happened in iteration of this, and that was kind of the, one of the first threads I ever wrote was actually like about the, the curve wars themselves, because um, I think they're hugely impactful. But what's happening now is this this kind of rise of this uh, four pool, uh, which they want to make the gold standard for uh, stable pool liquidity across all chains. And so that's kind of what, so like, why does this impact Phantom? This is on curve because it's talking about being a gold, uh, gold standard for stable liquidity across all chains. Right. So you, so like it's, it's decentralized and centralized married. Right. So UST and FRAX together and USDC uh, and USDT together. That's what comprises the pool. Um, and so this is a big deal because now FRAX and UST are actually working together. Whereas before they were working kind of against each other for supremacy in, in the, decentralized stable world. So now they're all working together. So what does this all mean? So basically, um, UST, Frax, they've all partnered with some of the biggest Ethereum giants in uh, Olympics, uh, Olympus DAO, Tokemac, uh, and a couple others. So basically, they're going to control the voting for the gauges because they have the most convex of anybody in the market, right? So so what's going to happen? I mean, I think what inevitably happens is that that pool actually starts to get all the gauge voting on convex and we see the fruition of what Doquan is, is actually hoping to do here. So a rise of a new stable pool where it changes the landscape of stable liquidity across all chains. So like die on Phantom, you know, obviously I'm not saying it's going away anytime soon, but um, but if it's not incentivized the same way it is today, then it's certainly going to change. Um, and so is that the end of the curve wars? Well, if, if one if a group of parties hold the keys to convex who hold the keys to you know the majority voting on on curve. Yeah, it kind of is the, the end of the curve board. So it's a pretty interesting narrative developing. Uh, and I think it's going to have rippling effects across all, all sort of layer ones, including Phantom, obviously. Um, and then one other piece of that I picked up along the way was that 
because of their ability to do nested pools, Beethoven is going to be supporting this four pool uh, like tomorrow, I believe. And so there's uh, so it's going to be coming to Phantom sooner rather than later. And it's not going to be broken up into different tokens. It's going to be living together. So it'd be interesting to see how you know boosted pools play a role in that and how much liquidity can come from Curve to Beethoven, et cetera. So interesting stuff and a lot going on. So I'll stop there. Yeah. I, I, I want to play devil's advocate here and then I want to kick it to Beavis because I know I, I want to paint the potential Armageddon scenario real quick. <laughs> yes, because I know Beavis will want to talk it's, about it. I don't even have an Armageddon <clears throat> scenario. I just have realism. Well, so I mean, the, the all the liquidity floods to the four pool, which I, is Frax backed or partially backed? I don't know much about It's Frax. a fractional stable coin, so it's partially backed. Hence the name. Okay. And then uh, and the other two are USDT, which has its own ambiguity. No. And then USDC, which we can figure is backed one-to-one because -one Coinbase will pay you out. Okay. But we have UST, which is... Um, algorithmic but now starting to be backed by bitcoin in kind of a cool way and then we have frax which is partially backed and but when you put four of them together if any one of them loses peg and continues on a death spiral the rest of it goes bye-bye you're just sitting in a pool full of that shit coin okay now I kick it to Beavis. <laughs> Wouldn't that just be to zero though? I, we saw something similar with the uh, with the MIM three pool where the flood happened, uh, the supply was exhausted, and you had more of another stable. Um, I think mm -hmm. it still did okay. Obviously, it made it off peg, but uh, I, yeah. it's not as bad as what have you, have you guys seen the other uh, the waves uh, stable token? That oh really my god, we should have had that as a topic. Yeah, that was. So bad. that that's what I'd kind of be worried about. UST has it, it's past that point for me, where we are like just on Phantom alone, we already have five million in TVL in the four pool. Um, mm. They have a three million pool on Curve. Beats is incentivizing it. I know they're bribing Spirit. I know they're uh, there's incentives for Spooky Swap. So it's just become so obscure with how many levels there is to it. I I can't really see that doomsday scenario. But, yeah, you know, there's not really a trust. doomsday scenario. There's just like, you know, one, like it is exactly a narrative because yeah. Quan, the Frax guy and whoever else only have like 14% of uh, the curve voting power or less, I believe. Um, and, you know, you talk about curve and curve is like the problem here. I mean, it's both a problem and a solution. Um, like... It's a problem in that for coins that are, you know, quote unquote, stable coins, um, it doesn't really allow price discovery. Um, so any normal market, for example, in the MIM situation, when the pool was like, um, you know, nine to one USDC, like that, you know, in any in any normal market that would say, OK, this is not worth a dollar. Um, and so curve is kind of used and abused by wills and people with big balance sheets to exit positions. Um, like any time a protocol is taking on a counterparty risk that makes it valuable to exit a position by a taking out a loan, um, they do a lot of the time. Uh, so kind of the big problem here is you have FRAX and UST, UST being like, the really big one, um, UST being un uncollateralized, 
Um, essentially, the Terra Luna Foundation can mint UST on demand. Um, they're drumming up like a ton of stable swap liquidity. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like these are Luna whales paying us in yield, paying us in APR to exit their positions. Um, and a lot of times it isn't like really worth it um, because we're left holding the bag one. And I mean, like as a community, you talk about like Frog Nation or whoever, like, you know, if you're <laughs> left holding that bag, um, you can you can keep it like supported. But then, you know, you're kind of stuck with subprime collateral. Um, and it's like any anytime someone takes on or anytime a protocol decides, hey, we're going to take on this extra counterparty risk, whether it be for marketing reasons to attract whales or whether it be so that they themselves can can exit positions. Um, at that point, you need to think, OK, what is the output of this exit? So, you know, you have people, you know, creating exit strategies for whatever huge bags of assets they have. What is the output of this exit? And how does the counterparty risk that this protocol is taking on apply to like me? And in something like Ave or Compound, um, you know, risk is socialized a lot better and they're, you know, the kind of markets are designed a lot better, but with things like stable coins, where the output is a supposedly stable asset, they really just lean on curve uh, to mitigate a lot of that risk. Um, and at the end of the day, it's like, you know, you have these pools that are uh, 10 to one, you know, nine to two, whatever. Uh, and it's just like, you know, kind of like getting rug pulled. It's like the, the softest, most polite rug ever. And it's probably the best exit strategy for big balance sheets in crypto. Um, but at the end of the day, it's like, is the 20% APR worth it? Or is the 30% APR worth it um, that they're going to give you uh, via convex or whatever the hell? Um, I really don't think it is. I honestly think you're better off just holding USDC. Um, and uh but it is it is an interesting narrative uh, um it but it, it's like you're being sold um you know you know you can kind of like if you look at my tweet uh the other day or the other uh week or whenever the hell i was kind of talking about how the 2008 financial crisis happened um if you saw that uh chart about how people were able to take uh, yeah. debt portfolios filled with subprime assets and they were able to repackage them into AAA assets and sell them to banks and ETFs and stuff um, and then just get like their noodles everywhere. That literally like will just happen and happen and happen and soon like stablecoin protocols will be taking on UST and eventually stable coin protocols will start taking on the stable coin that comes out from the stable coin protocol that takes on UST. Um, and a lot of it is just repackaging subprime collateral mm -hmm. and in some cases, no collateral as uh, a premium asset, a stable coin, putting it on a stable swap. Yeah. Um, and eventually once failure starts happening, like and liquidations start happening, you know, People do not have high LTV ratios on their stablecoin positions and lending protocols. Um, and like, it's not even a doomsday scenario. It's like, if, if something moves 5 to 10% off peg, um, or God forbid, 20% off peg, um, 
then that could, you know, move billions and billions of dollars and liquidate billions and billions of dollars and cause cascading failure everywhere. Um, that would be the Armageddon scenario. But the reality is uh, it's just, you know, whales creating narratives to create exit liquidity. And you just need to be aware of that when you're farming or when when you're doing whatever the hell. And look at who's exiting through that curve pool. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say, to break down everything you just said, so you're saying these curve LPs are basically going to be stable quant or Luna users' exit liquidity. Like, for them to buy Bitcoin, they're not directly selling Luna. They uh, burn Luna and mint UST, and whatever transactions they do, they get it to buy BTC. And, and when, that's the most end result thing is, ever. is the LPs getting drained of their liquidity. So that yeah. makes sense. That makes well, imagine, sense. imagine like the Solana VCs being able to just burn Solana and create dollars out of thin air. Yeah, exactly. Like, it's literally like they were like, okay, how can we create like a shit coin and then create infinite exit liquidity? We need infinite <laughs> exit liquidity. And right now, like you look at the amount of Terra, um, the Terra Foundation has and Stablecoin and all of them have like, the amount of exit liquidity they need to move that position is like unbelievable. And the way they do that is via stable swap and UST. And it's like, these are bags that you probably don't want to be holding eventually. Um, you know, it, it, it gets harder and harder and harder to prop these assets up. Um, and, you know, we, we've been doing a lot of research on risk uh, assessment on the Byte Mason side and, um, I've been kind of uh, helping with that. And there's a lot of like really enlightening stuff when you research counterparty risk and, and how it's kind of affected um, money markets in the past and how like things that are seemingly innocuous now, 10 years from now, uh, can be like the tipping point uh, for the world economy. <laughs> and, you know, I, I honestly think like, Literally with the MIM situation, which I talked about nonstop, like that scandal coming forth probably saved us a lot of headache um, because they were taking on all this risk anyway. And the fact that they weren't allowed to just continue forever taking on risk, taking on risk, taking on risk um, is just like, you know, it's, it's almost convenient for us because the damage was like minimal. It was like almost negligible. It like messed up the market for a day or two. Um, and it messed up the market, of course, for uh, the, the tokens that were related. But um, yeah, it is, it is like UST is very concerning. It's one of the most concerning things. So one thing I want to add, Beavis, that I think validates what you're saying, particularly as it pertains to the 2008, you know, kind of like, subprime asset repackage resell and then backing of all of that so directly from the uh from the release that was put out so ust to to become a collateral asset for frax further aligning interest between the projects as frax grows ust grows too so exactly what you're describing of this stable backing uh behind other stable assets like it seems like that's already taking place and so interesting and then is that tax-free minting frax in a cdp on ust i believe it probably is or yeah. you could argue that i'm not a tax pro but same so deal it's like there was there was the argument for many years and probably still is that you know most of the crypto market is being propped up by tether uh and that you know they claim they have this corporate paper and they're backed by this and nobody's ever seen the audit and blah 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 and it it sounds like what Doquan's doing 
Now, as much as I love him ripping into the Bitcoin market, like he's kind of doing something similar and then he's printing out of thin air and using that as a way of of buying a hard asset that will maintain its value over time is what it sounds like, right? To boil it down. Yeah, kind of. Uh, definitely kind of like that. But it's way easier to do in CFI. You know, it's like, uh, you know, once people find out a way to profit from uh, Luna's demise, like once it's on more money markets, once you can short it, um, it, it just becomes a game of is it more profitable to play long or is it more profitable to be an antagonist? Um, and like people will tend toward that direction. So really their monetary policy just needs to ensure that uh, it will always be more profitable to play long, which it seems like that's what they're doing. Like they're, you know, bootstrapping these anchor markets um, and stuff. So yeah, we'll, okay. uh, we'll, we'll see how it shakes out. It is like a really interesting narrative, but um, I would say like, don't, don't necessarily listen to the guy looking for exit liquidity. Maybe look at, look at the people who are just interested in general, like, you know, listen to clay, listen to me, listen to the bull case, listen to the bear case. Don't li don't like listen to the guy trying to dump on you. You know, uh, he'll always t give you an overly optimistic, uh, story, I think. All right. So don't listen to Roosh then. I just figured we had to we had to mention him. Yo, I got hold on. I got to close my window. We got like a hurricane coming in here. Holy it just, it just flew over here, bro. It was wild. Florida is scary, crazy, dude. All right, let's move on to something a little bit more fun. Uh, I want to talk about singularity for a minute. Single-sided liquidity providing, and I know the bait, bite masons. You guys got the vote, right? The vote went through on for y'all to partner with uh, Revenant for the risk assessment framework or whatever that was. Am I correct? Yeah. 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 So we got a Medium article on Singularity, and I have a feeling we're within a week or two of launch, right? I mean, we must be pretty pretty damn close. Can can somebody shed some light on what we're expecting from this? Then you want to go? I, I'm excited. Uh, <laughs> first of all, you know it's coming soon because my bag. Secondly, you know, <laughs> I to say, uh, uh, like they made a new website. The website got revamped. It looks like they're going to be adding Singularity. Like you can click credit them. Um, and they released a Medium article kind of talking about what's, you know, innovative about credit. I'm like, where, what type of space are they trying to fill? Um, I, I took the biggest thing I took out of that was the single sided liquidity providing. Um, I think that's awesome. Um, rather than taking risks with, you know, a lot of a lot of tokens on our network are are LP'd with Phantom, and sometimes when Phantom takes a hit, your project is kind of maybe necessarily getting pulled down with it. Um, I know that Spooky Swap is trying different things to tackle that issue um, with their USD Treasury vaults. Um, so it, it's it's very exciting to see uh, a AMM or a um, stable swap take the real necessary precautions when it comes to stable coin rather than just issuing them out everywhere and uh, just getting their stable coin as many uses as possible. They're taking it slow. They're doing the right things. And, and it's kind of exciting. I'm sure Justin knows some too. <laughs> deal, deal. But all right. So, I mean, I'm fired up about this. And obviously this is more than just like another curve, right? I mean, th that market need has been fulfilled in a large way, but, but ZamFam has been doing some things on the back end to ensure that this is coming out with something a lot more unique. Correct. He's trying some crazy stuff. <laughs> Let's go. It's like, uh, I mean, Singularity. If uh, if he can pull it off, 
I mean, there's going to be like a, an experimental phase, like, okay, can this work uh, in production? Um, and uh, sorry, I got an email that was distracting, but um, <laughs> there'll be an experimental phase because like, you know, uh, he had to talk to Chainlink about getting, you know, special Oracle treatment. He had to, um, you know, he's thinking about like, you know, designing his own infrastructure. Maybe, I don't know, maybe I'm not allowed to say that. Um, but, uh, yeah, there's, uh, I mean, there's definitely like single-sided liquidity provision is like what people want. Um, so there's definitely like product market fit out the box. And I think, uh, you know, people need to be chasing that yield. Um, and, uh, we'll, we'll see how it kind of shakes out. Uh, I'm very, very interested to see. Um, there are some details that even I'm not privy to, uh, but it's freaking awesome and I'm going to use it and, uh, you know, Firebird needs to hook in ASAP, uh, but yeah, it'll it'll be dope. JB, what are you guys actually going to be doing for them uh, for the risk assessment stuff? Oh, um, well, uh, our like applied mathematician uh, has we put him on like, uh, mm-hmm. or we've had him on studying like risk uh, risk assessment frameworks. Uh, figuring out how to calculate things like risk-adjusted yield. Um, you know, just like we're trying to create like an all-encompassing risk framework that we can apply to any asset and eventually get it down hard enough that we can literally just write a program that um, we either input values or we, you know, give it the tools it needs to pull in values or it'll probably end up being both uh, from the blockchain and um spit out uh, kind of a rough risk estimate. And and that's to help us design LTV ratios and interest rates. Um, because, you know, again, you're talking about counterparty risk. It's your lending protocol taking on all of these assets, um, taking on all this risk and figuring out, okay, how can I offset that risk with revenue? Um, or how can I offset that risk by uh, maybe not giving this person as good a deal as, as this person? Um, but uh, yeah, we're like drilling really hard into that. And, um, you know, a bunch of our team members are getting pretty interested. Um, like Corval, uh, one of our researchers um, is in the mix. And then Crypto AS uh, just joined. He has like, uh, I don't want to dox him, but um, he's managed like a ton of risk at his old job as an engineer. Um, so yeah, we're like uh, going pretty big with that. And like, this is absolutely vital i think for uh any crypto ecosystem um or any successful protocol uh there it's easy to kind of find product market fit um when you don't care about counterparty risk because it's like oh wow i'm getting this awesome deal and it's just not sustainable but if you want to be around for like 10 years and you want an asset that can like grow and grow and grow uh to infinity you need to really really be uh careful about kind of the debt you're taking on and the health of your debt portfolio um, so that's, that's what we're going to be working on. And, um, we've been like researching and studying, uh, for two months now. Um, and, uh, now we're trying to apply that knowledge, uh, to credit him, um, and kind of, uh, you know, it, it's, it's like, uh, we're, we're putting all of the work we've done thus far into practice and it's pretty exciting in general and the proposal passed. So people seem to want that. And then hopefully after that, we'll have a good enough framework that we can start being like, can you start taking on single sided Reaper vault tokens, please? <laughs> uh, and coming up with a uh, good, um, 
uh, ways to take assets like that on. Um, but yeah, um, that's that's okay. the long and short of it. Awesome. I like it. I, I had a couple couple <clears throat> things that stood out to me on the singularity thing. So like you know, so you mentioned you know curve or better, right, or just kind of dif- differentiation. So this idea of like an X token model on a single sided staked LP position, right? So entering and en- entering the LP single sided. And, and you get this, you know, sort of uh, X token, you know, when you exit, that has been accruing fees from all the swaps that have been happening over time. So your LP position is growing through this X token model. I think it's a pretty cool and different execution than what we you know, have traditionally seen, particularly on the, the single sided space. I mean, really, it's only been used for like Terra, X Cream, et cetera. Um, I also thought the uh, under, under collateralized or over collateralized position mechanics. So if something is under collateralized and you enter the pool, um, you can actually get low or positive slippage out of it. So you can actually make money just by entering to sort of re-collateralize that or over-collateralize that position. Uh, and then uh, lastly, I thought that it was pretty ingenious that if you can bring your LPs to credit them and borrow against them, pretty good use case for like a full stack implementation across Singularity. <clears throat> and all of them. So I think there's a lot of exciting stuff going on. I know it's a bit experimental, but those are things that really jumped out at me. Well, and that would that would make sense as to why they're sticking with very high quality uh, assets to begin, right? And I, Clay, I have a question for you. Do you have a crush on Peggy uh, by chance? You're talking I've about that cow video. all over the place, and you're like, "Yo, sure. can I get some NFT pictures of Peggy?" And I'm just like picturing you with <laughs> a picture of Peggy on your wall. I don't want to. I don't want to well, like go too far into that, but like you know. Like, <laughs> so, first of all, Peggy is a dope fucking mascot. So, one, raise some Peggy awareness in the community, bro. That's what I'm trying to do. Like, you gotta, you know, if you're gonna have a, a mascot, you gotta rep it for your. For your Peggy party. is cute. Peggy's yeah, the shit. Yeah. Like, dude, you could have such a good NFT collection with Peggy. I'm, look, I'm just trying to spread awareness, bro. It's, it's no, it's no obsession. I'm just picturing you up late at night, like I need, I need the Peggy images, guys. Yeah. What's going on? <laughs> Give me the Peggy. So I, you know the yeah. picture of like uh, Wolverine, and he's like, you know, rubbing the picture frame of whoever they are. <laughs> him uh, rubbing the picture frame. Of, uh, <laughs> oh, big girls need love too, man. Good job, Clay. <laughs> Take one for the team, pal. All right, so uh, you, this next topic, Double Sharp, we haven't heard much from you, man. I'm hoping this is one you can chime in on because I, I always like to circle back and give the paint swap guys as much love as we possibly can. They have a V3 coming out. Are you, like, hip to what that is all about? Uh, you might be able to share on that a little bit. Um, I mean, I'm not – I'm semi-hip. I'm not that much more <laughs> <laughs> It's uh, – it's, I mean, I know that they're, they've been working a lot on, on revamping their, their UI and um, implementing um, a lot of the financial NFT functionality. I don't know if, if like all of that's going to be available immediately with V3, but, um, you know, just getting a lot of the backend stuff set up. The, um, they had a Medium post, I think, about their NFT vaults, which are really similar to um, the code that I have for mouse and the liquid staking stuff and the thing that revest is doing, which is using these sort of temporary or um, minimal proxy addresses to hold tokens while they're on the marketplace. So they'll have like a hybrid um, custodial, non-custodial uh, system, which is, that's actually another thing that I know is coming in V3. Um, one of the, the features that people requested was being able to list things on the marketplace without um, having to transfer them to the, the paint swap contract. 
So you'll be able to do that with some exceptions, um, like I was just saying, for financial NFTs, having them be held custodially is important so that you're not messing with the assets behind them um, while they're on the marketplace. Um, and then, you know, they've been doing a lot of just general UI performance improvements, um, adding uh, to the data that they're indexing that they'll be able to display and, you know, expanding information about the collections and, uh, faster, better, more, all that stuff. I love so much that those guys have found like their niche within the phantom ecosystem and they're just dominating it, right? It's much love to the paint swap guys. All right, cool. So Clay uh, has started doing these quarterly business reviews on phantom and we figured we would give him a chance to let us all know what the hell's going on around here since uh, we're all basically applying at, at Checkers, Burger King, and McDonald's. So what's up, Clay? Tell me what's going on, buddy. Yeah, man. I mean, I thought it was a, a cool kind of thing to do, right? Like just sort of bringing some things from the old world into crypto. Uh, you know, like what's really exciting to me is like we are seeing a narrative. Like I'm all about narrative shifts, laying that stuff out, right? Like we're seeing a narrative build in front of our eyes um, for what I am terming sort of phantom V2, right? Um, and so, you know, if you look at like, I, I went through a lot of different things, but, you know, if you look at like the foundation, you know, really putting a stake in the ground, uh, the SnapSync, Pebble DB, flat storage, you know, bringing on really great um, additions to the team. I just think there's a lot of directional clarity coming from those guys. Um, you know, the user growth continues at 12 and a half thousand new wallets on average per day. If you look at that chart on FTM scan, it's basically straight up. Uh, I know that a lot of people will be like, well, it's people making multiple wallets. Well, yeah, I mean, it could be, but you know, I would assume there's why? also. I know, right? I'm also like, so anyway, but not, not to get derailed there, but, uh, you know, and we see, and I think we'll talk about the incentive program because there's a good and bad, I think, to that. Uh, but, you know, just having NFTs and not being based purely on TBL, I think, is a positive. We'll yeah. talk about that more, so I'll, I'll leave that there. Um, but I just want to run down the list of, of things, right? So we've got this V2 foundational aspect we've got GameFi and nfts and all this other stuff that's coming but spirit scream spooky liquid driver beethoven beefy tomb paint swap and credit deus credit them singularity. singularity fuck there's so many dude so that's like 10 or 11 i don't know i lost count they all have a v2 and if yeah. you look at chadley mcchief and uh there's a bunch of other people out there now, like kind of singing this this different, you know, laying out these different uh, V2 iterations. So I guess my point is, like, how often, if ever, and I live in an echo chamber, so I really this is a rhetorical question to me, maybe. Like, <laughs> like <laughs> how often, if ever, do you see alignment between the people running the blockchain, every freaking protocol on it, saying we're gonna we're gonna up level all of this shit, all at the same time? And so, you know, the question, wind, moon, blah blah blah, like just be patient, like just fucking enjoy it, right? Like watch all of these new things come out and enjoy it because like this is a pretty fucking cool time. And I think that we should make the QBR thing, a, you know, quarterly thing. And by the way, feel free, anybody to put that shit out. I don't care. I'll, I'll do it as well. So, yeah, that's kind of what's going on. That's what I laid out. If you haven't had a chance to read it, it's online. Check Let's it go. Let's go. Please. All right. So we got. So this is going to look completely different six months from now than it looks now. I mean, there's just the, the level of tech is increasing. I think at first it was about get product to market, right? Just like with Reaper. Um, and now it is get the best product to market. And that's what I think a lot of these guys have been working on for a long time. And I'm extremely intrigued about Spooky Swap V2 because uh, 
you know, I, I don't want to say his name. I'm going to say it. Ching was letting shit slip on various discords and uh, was kind of dropping some info and taking a little bit of credit for himself, it sounded like, for the direction that Spooky Swap was going. But uh, yeah. nevertheless, I was like getting super excited. I'm like, damn, dude, is that what they're building? Like, that's what they're about to release? Holy shit. Like, what are they uh, building? <laughs> <laughs> um, I think they also, they themselves talked about their, their V2 farms and, and how that's coming along. That, and they're like testing it. So uh, they're not really letting too much out, but it, it seems like we're in for a, a big surprise. Just knowing the spooky swap team and, and yeah. like how they keep to themselves. And the fact that they're even letting a little bit out is, is very exciting. 24. What, what, only, what are they hinting? Uh, I, I have a screenshot. Let me just. Pull it's, it out. it's not. Oh, much. I think it's I, just... I think I can probably guess. I, I I shared the screenshot with all of you guys in our Unchained chat. Uh, was, I don't know uh, why King would take credit though. <clears throat> he was taking credit for like a a vote that happened with the treasury and how it added some treasury stuff. I think it had oh, to do the, with uh, the, the boo, swap with Expo or some shit. I, I don't remember from exactly. Himself. I I don't know. Ching Ching's an interesting guy. Like you know, <laughs> he, he's gone, ain't he? Didn't he like disappear? Didn't like the Tax, Israeli government come and take his taxes? And he's like, dude, I gotta go. I'm out of here. I don't know what happened, man. You know, <laughs> karma or something. So what is there going to be three tokens in an LP reward? Like what are we doing? Like what's the, what's the, what's the surprise? I don't know how to. I don't know how. I'm not gonna. I don't know. I can't do it. Everyone's gonna get pissed off. I can't do it because it's. I don't know if it's true, and I don't want to share. Uh, that, but I got to I mean, you could on. talk, you could talk about their V2 farm. They, they, they had an announcement. Basically they're, they don't know what, like, we don't know exactly what they're testing it. And they actually already turned on a very small amount of the rewards to the testing V2 contract. So if you really wanted to <clears throat> look into, um, test net or, or even the main net, you could kind of dig into it, but it's out there. It's out there. Are we getting uh, the spooky cat staking yet? When's that coming? I don't know. I bought some magic cats in anticipation of that, and I've, I've. Uh, what what I heard? All right. So here's what I heard. I'll get <laughs> a three pronged spear. That's what I heard. Okay. Let's. We're just gonna. Well, I mean, guys... that's that. That is <laughs> that has been talked about for like a year now. Okay, okay. Okay. So, does, does that three feel, okay, prong so, spear enable double or triple rewards for LP? That's what they said. That That's what's coming. Okay, so I think the double or triple rewards for LP, I think we're talking Magic Hats. That has to be Magic Hats. Yeah. Like, there's nothing else I can imagine it being. Um, like, the, the three prong spear thing, that I think would be way off. Um, I think, like... Okay. If that's what Ching is trumpeting, um, I think we should definitely focus on the new farm because that's the real <laughs> B2. That's why I didn't um, want to like go too far into it because it's yeah, completely yeah, yeah. I would, uh, you know. I mean, it's something like it's been a does it like? Of course, he runs an ex Uni V2 exchange modeled after Sushi Swap. Of course, like that he would have been looking in that direction for like months and months and months now. So ignoring that, let's not make any promises about that. If it comes, that would be awesome. But uh, freaking a V2 farm, if the spooky cats, if the magic cats are <clears throat> thingy, 
You know what Dingle. I'm saying? <laughs> no, yeah, we're going to get dingled by the spooky cats. If man? the magic cats are a freaking give you more rewards, that would yeah. be so awesome. That would be cool. I, mean, I, thought, I thought that, I don't think I knew, I don't know anything secret. And I thought that I heard that a, a while ago. I know, that, I know. That's been the news forever. But now he's coming yeah. out with this farm and. Now, like, you know, NFT project, you hear something, even if it's from like Spooky Swap, you hear something from an NFT project about, you know, creating some futuristic thing. You know, you're always like, really? Uh, But you forget that it's not an NFT project. It's Spooky Swap. And they're probably going to actually do it. They're actually (laughs) going to pull it off. Yeah. All right. right. A a three-pronged spear is called a pitchfork. Yes, exactly. They're actually starting a music review uh, website. Um, they're going to review all the hottest tunes on the blockchain and give all of them 7.4s. Uh, and once a year, they'll give a rap album a 10.0, uh, even though it was made by like a top 40 artist. Oh, sweet Jesus. All right, let's keep this party going. So I had somebody DM me this morning and they said, they said, why is there a concert, a uh, 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 a specific media blackout around tomb protocol. And I wrote him back and I said, there's not a media blackout. I just don't have a single penny in it. So I don't follow it closely, nor am I really going to talk about it. Uh, However, there was a a layer two announcement yesterday that I figured was probably worth discussing. Uh, So they claim that they're, they're creating tomb chain or maybe it's already created. I don't know. Maybe you guys know better than me. Um, California has changed you, Beavis. You're throwing up gang signs on camera. It's definitely <laughs> going to come get you. Uh, so what is up with this layer two? Like, can somebody speak on this a little bit? Double Sharp, Justin, 24. I mean, Who wants to go on this? I, I, I know that outside of the announcement, um, I mean, I did see that part of the plan was to use, um, to use Tomb as gas on the L2. So I'm assuming since Harry loves phantom it's going to be something like a, a phantom uh powered l2 chain that uses you know their own token for gas that, that because it's an l2 you're only handling tomb transactions and therefore you know it's less congested you can do it cheaper i think it also i don't i have no idea what the plan is for any sort of decentralization or, or anything like that because you can obviously get more performance if you're not worried about it being decentralized also um, but I don't have any 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 uh, you know crazy details outside of that. I'm ready to guess. Please do. Optimism fork. <laughs> really? Optimism yes. Yeah, I yeah. think it's just yeah. gonna be an optimism fork. Like, All right, let me pull up. Well, here. Optimism has been forked a few times now. Uh, that, but, be, that makes sense. Yeah, optimism fork with Tuma's gas would make sense. Um, what I wonder is like. It's being announced now. Does that just mean they've settled on an idea, or does it mean that it's almost done? Heroes, seeing Tomb Chain become a reality has yep. made the hard work on Tomb Finance worthwhile. I mean, maybe, but like maybe like seeing it become a reality could be like you know, they finally had the they finally like had the idea. You're like, yeah. I've started it. I've cloned this other project. Like I'm <laughs> in progress. Yeah. Oh, like, reality. Yeah, I mean, I sort of, like it doesn't. I'm not saying that they're not. They haven't made progress, but like that doesn't necessarily yeah. say that they're like done with it. Yeah, uh, I just yeah. I I mean, I want to see freaking Fanti, bro. Where's Fanti? Oh, I, you nailed it. Apparently, I, in the comments, he said it's an optimistic roll-up. So maybe that is what it is. Yeah, I know. Okay. It's, yeah. My question is to you guys, though. 
it's like it's great, but then if you're gonna do a roll up, shit, pe- people gotta build on there. They gotta make some projects that that use it. Like who's gonna well, wake two, up two. and be like, mm. right? You That's think he rent that whole? I'm on two, two floors in Abu Dhabi or whatever the hell for nothing. That's gonna yeah. be the Tomb <laughs> Development Empire. Yeah. And we're gonna have Tomb, tomb Tower Ave. We're gonna have Tomb Compound. We're gonna have Tomb uh, Curve. We're gonna have Tomb Beethoven or Balancer. We're gonna have Tomb Tomb. We're gonna have three. And four. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we already have those, dude. Shit, all right, not, all right, all right. Well, awesome, awesome. Just like educate me, guys. Like why? Like Phantom already has cheap gas. It's already fast. Like what? Like why do we need Cheaper, faster? Cheaper, faster. Uh, provocative, yeah. dude. A layer two, dude. It's like double, bro. I mean, it's I would. Rock. I mean, I don't know. I don't like there. I, the need for a layer two, like I've thought about making a layer two of some kind because we're working on some stuff that like is high throughput and isn't necessarily doesn't need the security of a financial protocol, you know. Um, so I've thought, okay, how can we give users the best experience possible? We don't need all the security of mainnet. Um, you know, how can we do this? And and layer two or or similar is uh, the answer there. So I can see like the need for it, and it, it really depends on where he goes. Like with development, I mean, we're joking about you know tomb loans, tomb this, tomb that. But at the end of the day, you know, if he made that, it would probably be pretty successful. Yep. So uh, it's like uh, you know, I think kind of the sky's the limit, and I would like to see some interesting stuff. Um, and I think like the thing is, he's not like, he's like a finance guy, like startup guy, VC guy more so than like a crypto native. So like he's thinking in a different line of thought than all of us are. So it it would be really interesting if he just like him and his, what? Sorry. I thought you froze for a second, but maybe it was. did. No, was it, was it Beavis? All right. All right. Right. But it, it, I think the the sort of answer Clay's question is like it is the reason you don't, wouldn't want to do something like this is because it is a different chain. So like the UX isn't great. It'd be like change switching over to use Ethereum or something like that. You do have to, you know, you have to bridge your assets to the L2 in some way. Um, as Justin was pointing out, like if you're dealing with finance stuff, like maybe you do or don't care about the decentralization of the validators on the L2. If you're going to put a bunch of your, if you're like transferring your assets to the L2, you have to trust that they're going to secure them. Or if the L2 gets exploited and somebody just cashes out all your stuff, so there, there's like reasons to stick with an L1. But then at the same time, L2s you can because you're not necessarily dealing with the same level of decentralization, and you can set up your own rules and all that sort of stuff. You can get more throughput, more performance, and because you're limiting that the applications on it you you don't have to compete with lots of other projects either so that's why you would do it but at the same time it's not it's not like a perfect solution in that i mean let, let's be honest guys like maybe this is the start of the tomb burst right like the beavis's point they got two floors in abu dhabi and like maybe it's its own ecosystem i don't know cross-chain mm-hmm. ecosystem it could be all kinds of things i, I mean a lot yeah, of games have their funny, own blockchain so it's... like you know yeah, go ahead Sorry. my bad my bad I was just gonna say, like a lot of uh, games, because they're dealing with high throughput, they have their own L2 side. Tomb chain. Call of Duty. So, so is this like no the DeFi reason. Kingdoms subnet over on Avax right. type of scenario? 
Exactly. And so it doesn't, I mean, and that makes sense, especially like I was saying, like it comes down to like, do you trust Tomb to run all of this stuff? Um, and if the answer is yes, then you're going to get like even, you know, cheaper uh, transactions and faster and all that stuff, just because it's a, a limited ecosystem and, and not necessarily dealing with the same environment that an L1 is. Yeah. yeah. Dude, I mean, Tomb Farmville. Tomb Mafia Wars, Tomb Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Dude, is mean, anyone else getting the Silicon Valley? Like you guys remember with the the Chinese candies? Like we have Chinese Facebook and Chinese LinkedIn. <laughs> I, mean, I said Tomb Swap had the second highest uh, liquidity traded on Phantom yesterday behind Spooky Swap. Or, yeah, Spooky. So I mean, Dude, shit like no. that. I mean. If you grow 10x, like maybe there's a, a world where you need a, a layer two solution for something. Like that. Guys, yeah. a shitload of volume on Spe- on Spooky Swap has been from Tomb for a long yeah. time, and they just re moved it. <laughs> they just they took it. And they're like, hold on, that's our volume. Like we want yeah. to get fees that's, on that. Um, like uh, that essentially. Now, Harry does not need to, or the capital groups that back to him, uh, the balance sheets that back to him don't need to pay all these fees to Spooky Swap because they have Tomb Swap now, um, which is like pretty crazy. Uh, well, I mean, I, I don't really know where I think they're going with that. The fee usually goes back to the LP. I haven't really looked that deep into Tomb Swap. Although, uh, the funny thing is on Reaper, uh, we had the front end for Tomb Swap uh, Farm up like a week before they had it up on their actual website. So for a while, like we were the only way to access uh, the the Tomb Swap Farms. Um, which, if you are a Tomb fan, Reaper Farm has all the the best Tomb Swap stuff. Um, and we're slowly our infrastructure and architecture is slowly getting to a place where I can. Probably pretty solidly say we're the best place to be uh, farming assets and uh, aggregating if you're into like the simple yield aggregator type thing. Um, but our freaking, are you just wait, like, dude, our team's nutty, but uh, that's beside the point. Um, <laughs> yeah, like, uh, yeah, it's blue balls, man. You gotta just <laughs> come on now. Give uh, us the shit. I don't, dude, loose lips sink ships. <laughs> yo, yo. So check out Reaper Farm slash Tomb for your Tomb needs. But uh, this is, I thought this he just said funny. solidly. Didn't he say solidly in there somewhere? <laughs> That's what I heard. Future, future narrative though to keep an eye on. Like, can there be four like Dexes on Phantom that all succeed? And I know everybody's yeah, got yeah. a beat coming. Do you think Absolutely. so? There could be four. Yeah, um, your niche, find your area. Yeah, yeah. it's it's like you literally need to find. Uh, a niche one like i you need to somehow get routed through by uh firebird or dex aggregators um and the way to do that is like focus on getting the deepest liquidity for some assets and the thing is like exchanges when they partner with assets with companies for launch like that's like them making an investment because if that liquidity pool grows 100x then suddenly they have way more liquidity in their portfolio. Like that's what happened with Tomb. That's how Tomb became such a big part of Spooky Swap. Um, so it's literally like if if a team is willing to stick with it and invest in like partner relations and um, invest in like due diligence and, and ensuring that they can execute deals and um, 
it is what it is. I mean, exchange is like, I see the key to success. Like they need to just incubate projects um, and focus on mm -hmm. building a wide audience and getting actual traders. Cause right now it's like all the traders go to either spooky or a DEX aggregator. Um, and, you know, I go to a DEX aggregator. I know I'm getting the Beethoven trades, you know, uh, I don't, you know, need to worry too much about that. So like, but getting getting traders is that's how you probably make the most money and become the most popular and get the biggest voice. But it's not necessarily what you need to succeed. Like if you go in with a business to business mindset and you're like, I'm going to get these people the volume um, and focus on that. I think there's really infinite room. Um, you just, it's just about finding your niche, hitting it hard, making connections and, and getting deep liquidity uh, on your platform. So. I think there's room for just like there's room for infinite lending. There's room for infinite uh, exchanges to a certain extent. Maybe not infinite, but um, as Phantom grows, the the space will become larger and larger. And it's like, you know, you, you think about something like the granary, like we're coming in right after stable coins. We're coming in like with a really low risk profile, trying to give stable coin users the most bang for their buck. Um, so that basically means, OK, now we break open this market, we bring more liquidity to the platform because now you've got, you know, higher rates, better rates, whatever, going towards stable coins. And that opens everything, everybody else up. And now you've got new people on the platform. It's like, okay, granary, we can't beat them on stable coins. So maybe let's go in on, you know, Bitcoin ETH, or maybe let's go in on Phantom or go in on shit coins. Um, and then they can divert the resources. And suddenly you've got like, you know, 150% of the TVL has now coalesced around these two protocols. Um, it's just one of them uh, has shrunk a little bit and one of them has grown, but it's a net positive for the network. Um, and there's just like a lot of room for that. Um, and it's just about ensuring that like an exchange isn't your only like uh, revenue stream um, because that's like a big one because all of that money or most of that money is going to liquidity providers a lot of the time. Um, so just like, be careful. Can we, uh, can we just talk about <clears throat> RoboVault for a second? Uh, I want to kick over to this while you guys handle it. Cause I'm old and I got to go take a piss. So I'll be right back. Uh, have a good discussion. This dude's uh, peeing. They updated their stuff. I think some small improvements, increased TVL limits. I, I just haven't seen too many people talk about RoboVault since, you know, the airdrop speculation and, uh, I was just surprised to see so much like room in the, the TVL limits. So if you wanted to throw your USDC in there, your Phantom, your MIM, whatever it may be, like you get probably not insane AP wise, like like decent average, you know, like but just yeah. enough to to feed the needy because USDC this is this is kind of the norm, and to get what eleven point five percent on that. Pretty good numbers. Pretty good numbers. Yeah, I mean, to me, RoboVault is kind of like a sleeping giant. Um, like Dgen Robo and Smoothbot are like super, super skilled and super, super smart. And their strategy, like their core strat, the only thing keeping them from like pushing uh, yield to the absolute limit is ensuring risk is mitigated and ensuring they grow slowly. Because as far as like pure tech like the quality of their they they probably have one of the best strategies um period uh in all of DeFi. 
Um, and it's like their strategy package includes like insane keeper infrastructure, insane monitoring infrastructure that they, it's just like something that needs to grow very slowly and very incrementally. So it is like something that, um, you know, is slept on just because like, you know, they're kind of going slow and they're kind of growing slowly and they're kind of yeah. ensuring that their infrastructure can keep up. Um, but I see a point in the future where like, they're just knocking everybody else out of the park and like, you need to either fork their shit uh, or, you know, make way for them because they're kind of carving out a really, really, really unique market category in like the investment product, like yield space. Um, and it's really just a matter of time. Like as, as they gain more infrastructure and as they gain more time in production uh, to justify additional risks, um, or additional, like, uh, you know, deploying more strategies or, or doing uh, more interesting things. Um, it's just going to be awesome. And uh, their DGEM vaults, which are, uh, they call it like yield redirect infrastructure. It's something like we used to talk about a lot in the Reaper Discord. Um, it's like stake this LP and all of your rewards are going to be moved to like a stable asset or similar. Um so, like, I think there's definitely, like, some product market fit there. Um, and, again, it's, like, starting slow because a lot of the stuff they're doing, like, he's D-Gen Robo for a reason. He's, like, the D-Gen genius. He's, like, how can we get the most insane uh, investment product out there? Um, but, yeah, it's, like, uh, they, they just take things slow and um, ensure that they're not too on risk because a lot of the stuff they're doing is, like, crazy experimental and creative and... Uh, it's like really impressive. So, um, yeah, RoboVault increasing TVL limits, doing like this or that. Um, but like, there, the sky is the limit for them, really. Um, and it's just a matter of, uh, you know, growing everything at a rate where they can be like, okay, we've added this much, much risk. Our keeper is handling it like this. Okay, let's monitor it for two weeks. Okay, now let's add more monitor it for two weeks. Okay. And what happens in a hundred weeks? You got single-sided assets with a trillion APY. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think the, like increasing their TBL limits also means that they feel more confident in yeah. experimental contracts, which is still experimental, but oh, yeah. you, know, you, put, you put limits on it to prevent uh, things from going really, really wrong if something goes wrong. Yeah. And so if, if they're increasing them, then they're feeling more confident and everything's been working out. And I want to shout out RoboVault for a second because there's a lot of new people who are watching this show and they don't know that RoboVault has a long history on Phantom. Um, the Yearn guys actually identified a potential uh, vulnerability in their initial contracts. And instead of waiting or saying, no, I disagree, they instantly moved all the assets over to uh, – they. I don't know what they do. They turned the contracts off. They did something. Yeah. Nobody lost any money was the bottom yeah. line. And then uh, the the conference in Abu Dhabi came up, and DGen Robot was one of the speakers out there, and uh, he spoke, and the humility and the the forthrightness with which he presented what had happened up until that point was just like unbelievable to me. Like I, it just added a real human element. I, I gained so much respect for him. Not to mention being able to just hang out with him in person and kind of meet the kind of guy that he was. I love the RoboVault team. I hope they find a shitload of success because they have really good guys behind it. Yeah, they will. And freaking, uh, if there are any like um, solidity devs or whatever, 
uh, reach out to the RoboVault guys who are looking for jobs because uh, they've been trying to hire for like months at this point, uh, I think. So if you're like a really skilled developer, uh, reach out to them. Um, um, yes. But yeah, they're, uh, they're every once in a while, I like, go up to them and I'm like, how'd you guys like to work for us? <laughs> uh, <laughs> like a demon but uh yeah their their uh skill is really enviable so let's pivot for a sec we got to we got to pivot just a little bit um and i want to talk about the uh solid x bug there was a tweet posted this morning that it was like worse than it seems can somebody can somebody like elaborate on this a little bit double sharp do you have any inside info here I have no inside info. Um, I mean, I think we talked about this before in the um, SolidX um, contract. There's the bug, I guess is what they called it. But if if you the last person to vote, if it's if it's at the right time, it sort of wipes out all the prior votes and only those votes count. So you can um, redirect the the emissions, I think, or, or sort of have your your vote count. Um, I think my understanding is that, I mean, they said that they had like a fix for it uh, based on, I saw that tweet too. And like, based on that, it just seems like they're sort of spamming the network to prevent other transactions from going through right then, which is maybe not a, I don't know, that's not like a real fix. And so if somebody else pays more gas, maybe their transaction goes through. So there is opportunity for uh, griefing attacks and, and potentially if you do, you know, if you are able to get your transactions through at the right time, maybe kind of manipulating the votes. Okay. All right. So, I mean, they have a fix, but that fix is not foolproof. Somebody could come in and front run them yeah. and, and basically take 90%. If, and of the again, votes, I, right? I mean, I, to be clear, I don't have any insider information. That's if, if that tweet is, if that's all accurate and that is their solution for it, then it's not a fix. It's just a, a way to sort of hope, hope that it doesn't happen. Cover yeah, it up. Okay. All right. So DeFi family. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You ever see the flex tape commercials with the water shooting out? Dude. Just grabbing yeah. tape covering yeah. it. That's what, that's what I'm imagining. <laughs> Dude, you, you guys remember Billy Mays, man? The, the uh, OxyClean guy who Billy apparently like, here. he did he a bunch died. of blow and then, yeah, hit his head on yeah. a plane. He died over here in Tampa, actually. It was, it was a sad day, that's man. Okay. But anyhow, the Flex Seal guy, that's that's like the new Billy Mays. Like, he's still on on that guy. He's like fixing a boat. I just want to, I, I just looked at uh, Paint Swap and, and Magic Cats is the number one collection trending right now. So if you were trying to sell a Magic Cat, you're welcome. I think you just pumped your bags with that. Oh, man. Don't well, tell him. I, I actually, I look at, I look at, the paint swap collection space a lot. Magic Cats is, is often up there near the top, along gotcha. with Beardies, which also has utility. And mm -hmm. uh, they're like the, the top like four or five rows switch out a little bit, but they're they kind of like swap around are pretty consistent though. Ooh, Beavis, you got the COVID? Get the Coov? <laughs> I have a, I'm recovering from a slight cold. I have a cold as well. I feel, I feel like shit this morning. There's a cold going around. Should I put a mask on? Am I safe? <laughs> all right, all right. We got to move on. Hey, the big news, the big news, the big news is that Deus absorbed Oxdow. Yes. And are we still poor? That's the question. Are we, hold on. Did you guys see Inventing Anna? Puh. Are we puh? 
Are we still poor? <laughs> <laughs> so I, I will tell you that I've had some interactions with the Oxstout devs. I, I find them to be very capable and unpaid. Oh, yeah. um, and so I saw some people complaining, like, why didn't you put this up to a vote? Well, to be perfectly frank, there is nothing to vote about. Uh, they own that VE NFT and, and basically that, that solid token uh, that is attached to it. And if Lafayette wants to come in and buy them out, he can. And I will tell you, I see no better scenario moving forward unless maybe, and I don't even know if it would be a better scenario for SolidX to join forces with them. But, but I do see Lafayette and those developers, Beep De Boop and uh, C30, joining forces and fixing the bugs within the Solidly platform. Like that was the part that really stood out to me. We have a list of the bugs. We are going to try and fix them in the least disruptive way possible. That, that was the verbiage that I heard, which sounds to me like my bags are not as dead as I thought my bags were. <laughs> Clay, how you feeling about it, man? Yeah, I mean, you know, I don't want to, I've already talked about the Oxolid peg enough, but, uh, but yeah, <laughs> You know, like, like, so a couple, like what stood out to me, like, and just like, I think anybody would probably think this is like the Ox, the Ox Dow team actually has experience integrating directly into solidly from the stuff that they've already done. Mm -hmm. So whether they're going to save it, that's more of a Beavis probably POV than myself. Cause I, I honestly don't know enough about the infrastructure and what's wrong, but, but like the fact that they have experience integrating into the platform already, I mean, that brings a shit ton of expertise that I think will be hugely helpful moving forward. Um, and there's more dev support to try to get this thing right. So uh, as a Backstreet Boy, I think we returned by a viewer not too long ago. Uh, as the Backstreet Boys, I am you know, pretty bullish about it. So it's good. It's, yeah. it's the first time I felt good that I held on to our solid. Uh, I, I mean, honestly, like what I'm more, the thing that jumped out to me is like, the most extreme thing is uh, C30 and BDBOP or BeepDBOP are going to help with the Muon Oracle infrastructure, um, which is something that I know uh, need a lot of work and I talked to Lafa about. And um, that to me is like Deuce is getting the better end of this deal. Uh, and I hope they pay those guys out the ass. But I'm sure they're also Backstreet Boys. We're all Backstreet Boys. Um, but uh, I mean, that's exactly the type of acquisition Deuce needed. Um, some like really good experienced, uh, mm. you know, Web3 devs. So uh, oh. that's like the solution to almost all their problems. You can solve problems. Uh, so, you know, uh, really, really good pickup by them. And I really hope they can freaking uh, fix solidly because these bags are freaking heavy. Uh, but yeah. probably the best, the best solid news period. Um, and I hope C30 and, and Beepty Bop are getting paid out their booty butts. What do you think needs to get fixed? Is it not, it's not just the UI. There's also contracts. Oh yeah. I mean, I think there needs to be a redeployment, but I think by saying non-destructive, I mean, this is just pure speculation, but the only non-destructive way I can see, unless they create abstractions on top of the whole thing, um, is to just redeploy and, and redistribute everything. Because like knowing what's happening with emissions on Solidly and uh, buying VE NFTs nonstop for millions of dollars, uh, you need to have some kind of, you need to be making those decisions on like some really crucial information. Otherwise you're literally psycho. Um, so my assumption is, uh, 
that probably everything is just going to be replaced except with a bug fix solidly. And we're just going to pick up with a new solidly uh, deployment with bug fixes uh, where we left off. So you um, think they'll just like deprecate the old token, reissue it? That's my, that's what I imagine. Um, I think it's going to be like, you know, snapshot here. Uh, you know, we will uh, fix the emission rate, fix the emission schedule, and all that. Make it more sustainable. Make it more sensible, um, and redeploy with all the uh, bells and whistles. That's what I see as happening. Just because I can't think of any other reason, uh, Deus and Roosh and all that would buy. The NFTs. Well, I mean, that's what, right, because like the contracts are all, you can't, they're not upgradable, they're not really changeable. So I, that's why I wasn't, I'm not really totally sure what like, bugs I exactly. I mean, you can like build abstractions. Uh, right, but then, so them. like in the case where they reissue a new token, like what does that do for SolidX and other protocols that are built on top of it? That's where, that, that's where that starts getting really. Cool. I mean, I, if Oxdow and Deus, like, I mean, this is like, you know they're leaving solidly with the bag or solidex with the bag at that point um but uh yeah i mean i just see the only way and i've said this since day one that i think this can be saved is uh by a total bug fix and redeployment of solidly um because there are way too many bugs so um i'm pretty excited uh um yeah i'm i'm i would like to see where this all goes. Yo, can we can we acknowledge the fact? Like, I don't know how long this has been going on, but can we acknowledge the fact that there was like some mastery in planning here? Like, they've been buying up VE NFTs. They merged with Oxdow. They've got. I don't the, know if planning is the word for it. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, I, you're making a bit of an assumption. They may have just been taking a bunch of I don't money think this was plan, dude. I think this was like you know let's let's somehow put money into this fire hydrant and then like spray it everywhere we can until something <laughs> takes root. Uh, I, I mean, the Oxdale guys are saving it, their asses. Right? Like it's, it's straight up. The Oxdale guys are saving their butts. Yeah. Um, like one, 100, 1000 percent uh, because those are going to be like the only people capable of doing what needs to be done to save solidly that I can think of. Uh, right now without like, I mean, those are like, you know, all-star engineers. Um, And, you know, they lucked out that they are solid bag holders and the interests aligned so well. um, And they can hopefully pay them, you know, a million bucks a piece or whatever uh, to resolve this problem. But um, yeah, uh, there's no master planning when like, uh you get such a good deal it's just like you can't plan on a deal like that and maybe they've just been in talks for weeks and they're like okay you know we're just going to buy everything up um under the assumption that this deal is going to go through which again would be that insider information but um i know probably like the deus team i don't think had enough experience to do what the oxdow team can um so Pretty dope. I'm excited. My bags are heavy as fuck. Uh, heavy, so. heavy bags, <laughs> heavy bags, heavy bags. All right, let's keep. Uh, I, I was just going. gonna say, like, forget, forget fixing um, solidly. But one of our examples before this all came out was, um, you would want to collect solid so that you could kind of direct emissions somewhere. And 
being that it is a stable and a regular token swap, we, we talked about stable coins as like a number one thing. Like the curve wars, we mentioned it, like trying to vie for a position to incentivize your token. Um, that part of it, uh, I think Deus has been killing it because what you want to do with your stable token, first of all, is incentivize it beyond a traditional stable coin, right? To get the initial investor wave. Um, and then beyond that, utility getting it in a tons of diff tons of different places borrowing it against it the stuff that they have with scream is is pretty pretty ah, purple killed me with this guy he always catches me <laughs> laughing but, <laughs> but basically um yeah like that part of it they're killing it and i see what crypto saying like it seems masterminded where they're really targeting it. but fixing um, solidly is, is definitely a tall task just directing emissions to your protocol I think Deus is killing that part of it. Well, dude, not just that. Go to any aggregator and trade any token whatsoever to USDC and look at the route. It's yeah. all going to go through day on Solidly. Every right. single trade is going to go through that because of the volume and the low fees. It's just all going through the day token. I think what that means, I don't know. But Say again. Uh, I just don't, think just, that's don't forget. Get what I said earlier about stable. <laughs> <laughs> that's all I have to say. Yeah, I, I all right. That's the story, though. Like, if you're going to have a stable coin, like they've picked up an AMM to be able to to route this thing through and really help grow their ecosystem. So there's a lot more to it than I think meets the eye, and, and it's going to be interesting to watch it unfold. Is anyone swapping USDC for day? I mean, if you do it through their mentor, isn't that how you have to mint it? Yeah. There's but, enough liquidity now, though. I mean, you don't even have to mint it. Well, I'm, I'll, I'll let all this play out. I'm not going to talk about it. Uh, <laughs> Beavis. You know, Somebody will yell I, at you. There, there are too many. Like, this is too close to home. I'm going to get fucking beat up. But um, just remember just remember what I said and think about counterparty risk and think about uh, who's going to be doing the dumping and, and who's going to be catching those dumps. Um, I mean, this but, has the uh, same like token mint burn as, as like Luna. Like, the same type of thing that you're talking about, Beavis, can probably be applied. So... Uh, we don't need to go too far down that road. Yeah. But like, we're not even gonna. Hit. I'm a hundred miles away. <laughs> yeah. So who's left the building? What, what does Beavis say? Yeah. Keep keep your pants on, guys. Just remember that. Keep your pants. Yeah, on. I just think it'll be interesting to watch it go, though. It's gonna be cool. Uh, dude, it's it's the most interesting narratives. All the most interesting narratives in crypto are stablecoin narratives. So, um, it's just whoop whoop. <laughs> so. Let's let's move on. Just if it's Before on network, I'm does not anything to get himself in trouble. Uh, okay, so these new grant incentives. I want to I want to chat about this for a minute. So this kind of like this it, it came out and there was a strange green dildo on the chart like the second it came out and I read it and I'm like, why did somebody buy on that news? Like there was no news worth buying on within that, and it took Get a little clarification. Inside. But here's what happened. They did away with the previous grant incentives and they shifted it over to Gitcoin. And here's the big problem. And Beavis, you being the only project owner that I know of on this show. Hi, how you doing? Uh, <laughs> it kind of rugged some of the phantom projects and they really should have been more forthright in my personal opinion with you know your top 20 protocols that are responsible for all of the traffic on our network and that hey this is what we're doing how can we soften the blow how is this going to affect you guys on, on the protocol level before we do it 
uh, because people were really counting on a lot of that stuff and just getting feedback from projects like Liquid Driver or Beethoven. Um, it, it was a little shaky for them. Anyone have opinions on that? How did Reaper Farm do? I mean, I don't know. It's, I don't even know what to do right now, uh, with it. It's like, I know how quadratic funding works. Uh, I've, you know, worked with Gitcoin. I still don't know what to do. Uh, <laughs> there's no, like, usually when a project sponsors like a bunch of, uh, stuff, Gitcoin like plasters it all over their website on their grant page and is like, you know, get the grants now. Here's how you do it. Bada, bada, ba. I think this was maybe like a decision made before like talking to Gitcoin and working out a lot of the uh, details. So really confused. Uh, and the thing about quadratic funding is it requires users to pay. So it requires users to stake. Uh, well, not stake, but they need to fund you. And then yeah. basically the, the higher the volume, the more grant money you'll get. So the higher volume of funders, the more grant money you'll get. Mm. So this is like way more gameable, way more bribable, and way more geared toward people with more money than anything else. So it kind of like doesn't address what they're saying they were trying to address. Um, and I think like, the solution here, like if you're giving away $300 million, literally just hire a team to do DD and like yeah. make deals. Like That's literally like it's it's everything you're doing is centralized anyway and gameable anyway. Just literally hire a team to do DD, build relationships and make deals that satisfy both yours and the developer's needs, you know, make like goals and milestones and things they need to reach if, if you really want to you're giving away 300 million dollars yeah 400 500 million dollars whatever the hell like hire some freaking people to handle this it's all right it, uh, you know could I, in, in a world could this have know. been done where like from my perspective and i think other people's perspective too like before releasing the news approach the people that are so incredibly crucial to your network and say, hey, this is the direction we want to go. Being that you guys are so important to us, can we can we all get on board with this direction before it gets released? Yeah. I mean, that, to me, that just seems like the obvious move. You know? but, How can you just pull the plug? Like, I'm just like, there's got to be some kind of like grace period or something. Like, it's yeah, kind of, like, yeah. When I first read it, I was like, oh, this is cool. Like NFT projects, game file, like inclusion, this is wonderful. Like, you know, utopian society, uh, but not like not so much when it's like, you know, there's a lot of projects on Phantom that, that have hired based on this money and they continue to hire based on this money. And now you're like, you know, and, and obviously, you know, as a project, you need to have a POV that's that's longer than next month. If you're going to do shit like that, <laughs> looking much further down the road saying, is this a sustainable version you know, from a, a P&L perspective? You know, how out of cost look? I'm not a CFO, but that's the shit you have to be thinking about. So maybe you know that a bit on them yeah. if they didn't, but yeah, it's like it was kind of a it was kind of a rug pull in, in a way. I mean, yeah. I, I think I, I think that it was it, it. I mean, it really is communication, right? Because even though there are incentives um, that are like incentive is like oh, it's extra. There's still a lot of projects that aren't looking at it as like extra, and they're not. I mean, part of the maybe part of the reason they changed this was because they don't want people just sticking it in their pockets, and they do want it them spending it on development. So if you've budgeted and like forecasted for development costs. I mean, my, like even abruptly changing it, I, I think maybe wasn't like the right way to do it. The other thing though, is that it does leave like a gap in funding 
it's not like like because I think the Gitcoin grants wouldn't go out until June or something like yeah. that. So yeah. now there's just like a gap in funding for a lot of projects and some of them will probably have developers that move on to do other stuff because they need to get paid to do stuff and then maybe they can't come back. So I don't know that like that aspect of it is great, but the flip side of it is that, um, you know, it does mean that smaller projects can get some funding instead of none. Cause like the game five requirements used to be 30,000 monthly active users. And that's like not even yeah. virtually, that's like literally impossible. Nobody's to- got it. Nobody's got uh, that. So <laughs> like there's like zero game five incentives have gone out. There was no way for um, like a lot of NFT projects maybe wouldn't, qualify and now they they can because they can build up enough community to support them or whatever so that aspect of it is good i do sort of wonder about how gameable it is i read some of their white papers but like just creating lots of wallets to like vote because the number of voters is is important and they do have algorithms to detect collusion and stuff but like i don't know how good they are we're gonna get the top five list and it's gonna be like you know Spartacus, rug number two, and rug number three that are going to get the most votes in there. Remember, like, sharp, double shit. sharp, triple sharp, quadruple sharp. <laughs> triple sharp. You, remember, you remember the STRD token standard, the first rug on Phantom? Standard. Dude, you you know, short story, Viva saved me from that, eh? Um, it was Reaper Farm and Standard. I remember, this is my old check. This doesn't really work now, but you check a Discord's uh, boost at the time. Obviously, people can pay for them now, but I saw Standard was zero. Then I go <laughs> to Reaper Farm, like, hey, buddy, man, they got they got slightly <laughs> higher yield with their token, dude. He's like, who gives a shit? Just put your money here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit, Standard. Yes, yes remember dude. that. Oh, that my God, so early on. Yo, I, I like... This was before I did any calls with projects, man. I like retweeted them because because it was like instant high APR and we hadn't gotten rugged too hard yet. So I was like, all right, cool, cool. And then I forget what it was, but like literally three hours later, I issued a retraction like, uh, this is definitely a rug. Like, don't be in this one. And they lasted for what, 12, 13 days before they oh. just turned everything off. So... I don't know, but that was one where you were putting like spirit swap LPs in, and I'm pretty sure that they had an emergency withdrawal function on their in their yeah. contract. So it was like right after that, I made here's how to emergency withdraw your LPs from from these. Days. I don't even know if a lot of them are doing that anymore. I have no idea. Anyhow, man, the glory days, bro. We've been know. at this for a while, dude. Holy 31. shit! Episode thirty-one, but we had. We had much time even before episode number one where we were, holy balls. I remember telling my, my wife last, uh, when was it? Like last May or something, long time ago. No, it was before then. I'm like, yo, I got 20,000 followers, and I'm pretty sure that's the entirety of the Phantom community. Like, I don't <laughs> think anyone else is ever going to follow FTM alerts. Like, we could just hang it up right now. Jeez, how things have changed. All right, let's keep this going. We only got a couple more left, but I want to hit on this one. So Spooky Swap and Beethoven did the old, um, you know that, do you know that that meme where the two guys have their hands down their pants coming out the zipper, shaking each other? That's, that's <laughs> yeah. what I was thinking of just now. But like, so I like this a lot. I mean, this, aside from the fact that like, you know, Beethoven's holding boo and the Spooky guys are holding beats. This is like a massive, these are two on the surface competing protocols that have now just taken a financial interest in each other's well-being. And I think it has implications beyond just a token swap, right? What do you guys think about this? 
It's awesome. It's just that's all respect. That's a hundred percent respect. Respect. Literally, it's like uh, you know, when you're competing with someone and you're like, "Bruh, respect." We're in different market categories. We're going to be pursuing different paths. Let's uh, ensure that we aren't wasting each other's time. That's like a hundred percent respect, and it's beautiful to see. Yeah. Ooh. There we go. Hey. Yeah. Twenty four like time back in Vienna when <laughs> when twenty four said a on a live stream, and I was like, "Yo, that's the most. You might as well eat some poutine and and just say a for the entire damn." A. Half the people half the people aren't going to get that, but anyhow, whatever. All right. Did you have something, Clay? I'm sorry to cut you off. No, I mean, you know, I just I, I agree with what everybody else said. I think, you know, I think it's cool to see competitors that are, are working and using. I also thought it was cool, like they made it very specific in the proposal that this will not this will not be used for governance voting uh, or for any type of sale at all. This is a treasury foundational build for each side, uh, which means that they're not using it to, for, to bribe. They're not using it to influence bribe. So like, there's a lot of just like you can see the actual like partnership nature of what's going on. Um, and I don't know how it works on other chains. Again, I live in the echo chamber, but I don't see that shit happening all over the place. So it's pretty cool to see. Maybe it does. Maybe it, it might does. happen elsewhere. It, might. Who knows? Uh, it happens with like the balancer protocol <laughs> and like just like the most awesome projects. But yeah, this does not happen elsewhere. Like it's literally, I don't know how Phantom ended up like this. Probably because Phantom Unchained is so awesome. Oh, Ow. That's definitely the reason, Beavis. I don't Did Liquid Driver do it with Deus. <laughs> like it's it's pretty common where they do like a like a swap. At least on Phantom. Maybe I I've been, you know, sheltered here on Phantom and I haven't seen too much of this everywhere. But the people work together here, which is awesome. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's true. All right. So last topic. I had a call yesterday uh, with the Wu Finance guys. Ooh. And they're going to be integrating a product on Phantom that I want to like, I want to chat about just for a minute. And I was like, Clay, here's an article. Please go read about this because I don't quite understand how it works. But they've integrated on AVAX and I think maybe Polygon already. And it's going to be like a new type of decentralized exchange where they have uh, they have their own market makers in there. And what they're doing is they're pulling price feeds from their centralized exchange sending it through an Oracle to their ex, I guess. And they have like this synthetic market making that they're doing. Clay, did you, were you able to comb through that? Can you correct me here? <laughs> I mean, dude, I, I read it. I'm not going to sit here and pretend like it wasn't slightly over my head. I'll give you, I'll give you what I picked up and see if it makes any effing sense. So they've got something called uh, a synthetic proactive market making. S-P-M-M. Spoom. Uh, spoom. Uh, so it mimics a, a CFI, it mimics a CFI order book, right? So if you think about like kind of like stairs going down, right? So like all of the different bids and pr or prices and, and buys coming down in a CFI order book, and there's like overarching kind of uh, you know sort of umbrella. So I think that's where they take DeFi or CFI uh, orders and bids, and then um, bring them on chain with their custom market data feed to create some type of deep liquidity network, man. I don't know. It was, it was a little over my head. The two things I picked up with that were that their swapping fees are like 0.025%. So it's super, super efficient for people that want to get in and out. And because of this like CFI mechanism, they've got super, super deep liquidity. 
And so they, you know, I guess everywhere they go, they bring that deep liquidity with them. So they'll be, you know, as, as an advantage of Phantom, once they get here, they'll be bringing deeper liquidity with them. But, um, and like, if you're not in the U.S., you can stake Woo and, and trade on their platform for zero fees as part of this WooFi thing that they offer. So it's probably not super helpful, but I think it's just, you know, what they have in terms of the synthetic proactive market making is just a different way to do order books than what traditional AMMs do. Well, well, I guess we'll see what kind of impact it has once they launch, but I think it should not be like missed that Woo is, those are big boys. Like uh, they're backed by an organization called Kronos, if I'm not mistaken. Am I right, Clay? that churns how much in daily volume and has how much in assets like it's massive it's in the billions like they trade like four to billion 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 yeah and that am i right that they operate like dark pools of liquidity as well like where people that want to trade privately like they they can operate in these massive yeah so they're this is no joke so the fact that they're turning their sites on phantom is a really really good thing um, I'm just, I'm, you know, pro, it just kind of goes to show big protocols moving over. Eventually the Lego pieces are aligning for DeFi to be, Hey, there's Dylan. Dylan's on the wood chain. Uh, for, for <laughs> you, hopefully you correct all the misinformation we just shared, man. Um, yeah. but anyhow, so yes, you know, that's, I mean, so question, like, since, I mean, I think they operate a centralized exchange in, in Woo. Like, are we, is, is Phantom listed on that already? Do we know? Does that, does that mean we get a centralized exchange listing as Phantom? Like, no, sure. I, I believe Phantom's already Phantom's been, been like, on there for a while. I think, yeah, you know, long been, time, long time. Been doing their thing. They supported yeah. us early. Um, but this sort of stuff, the actual liquidity managing that they proposed a while ago is finally coming into play, if, if I'm not mistaken. Like the WooFi stuff, which is pretty, pretty yeah. awesome. Yeah. Good shit. Good shit. Ooh, all right. Bye. So uh, all of Phantom is getting an upgrade. Expand your time horizons. Don't invest in shit. There's a lot of really, really solid teams on Phantom right now. Boo, Spirit, Beethoven, Oath. I'll buy all your Oath right now and then fuck off. That's what. That's all I want to say. But just, just get you a solid bag. Liquid Driver, dude. Y'all, y'all don't even know how much work Dr. Liquid's doing in the background here. This dude is just cranking it out Yarr. on the daily. Get you a good bag, sit back, expand your time frames, and then ride off into the sunset and, uh, you know, put your kids through college and go buy your wife a nice car. That's it. We're getting the hell out of here. That was the last topic. My name's Austin with FTM Alerts. Hey, do me a favor. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Like the video. Subscribe to the channel. Uh, so other people will watch it and uh, let's get the hell out of here, guys. I'll catch y'all on the next live stream. Peace.